Of grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. You may be seated. Well, dear friends, we've spent some time studying the life of the Apostle Paul um, through this summer. And one of the reasons I think most of all that I enjoy studying Paul is that he was a person, you know, kind of just like us, really. We might get the the image in our mind, you know, that that Paul rode into places on his golden chariot. You know, he had three white stallions in front of him. And and as he waved to the crowd, he waved like this. And everyone said, oh, wow, Paul is here. Oh, praise God, Paul has come to our community. But as we found studying his life, it, it wasn't really like that, was it? And and we might have in our mind that the Apostle Paul, you know, he's made like the the seminary professors and he's in, you know, his ivory uh, tower, you know, and he he wakes up every morning to soothing, you know, gospel music coming across his radio and, and he dresses in his fine suit, you know, and he sits in his office and studies grand theological works through the day he, he never even comes into contact with a person that would curse or, or, or swear. And perhaps when he goes to get his car washed, all the people, they kind of bow down and say, oh, thank you, sir, for coming here to get your car washed. Yeah. It's easy to, to think of Paul like that, isn't it? Now, after all, he, he established um, you know, four of, of the five ancient churches, right? He was at Ephesus, and he was at Chalcedon, and he was at Corinth, and he was at Rome. The the fifth church, of course, being Jerusalem, uh, that was uh, overseen by the uh, stepbrother of our Lord James. So you have those those five great ancient churches, and four of them established by Paul, and and, and you say, wow, Paul must have just had things going on. And, and, and it must have been so easy. And, and you know, he, he just had that ability. And he just had that talent. And, and then we, we kind of forget about uh, the real Paul who w- would come into a community in order to support himself in public ministry. He, he would take a menial job. You know, the, the Bible says that at one point he was a, a tent repair. You know, people in the ancient world, they, they traveled quite a lot. They had a camp out in, in their tents, and, and you know, a, a tent it, it needed to be kept in good repair. A Paul is there sewing torn tents together. You say, well, what is that like? But it's kind of like, you know, he, he takes a, a job just down the, the road here at the, the RV sales place, and he, he's grinding rust off the sides of the old RVs. He's putting new paint on there. He's keeping your your RV going. You see, that's the kind of jobs that Paul had. We're told at another place in Scripture that he had a a job repairing fishing nets. There he is on the side of the sea, and and he comes to to some of the, the local fisheries, and he says, hey, I can I have a job? 
And they said, well, you know, what can you do? Well, I'm, I'm pretty good at speaking. Well, we don't really need much of that around here. You know, here's a, an old torn net. Why don't you see if you can repair that? And so Paul is working at the, these menial labor jobs. He's not off in his ivory tower, right? He's there among people who are cursing and swearing. They're, they're telling you know, dirty stories. He's in the world. Uh, that's where he's working on his weekdays. And maybe we start to lose sight of that. I, I've you know, shared with you before, re- reminded you, there were times that, that Paul preached to the best of his ability and he was arrested. And, and we talked about how they had the, you know, these rods that were about a one inch diameter and they just make Paul lay on the ground and they would beat him with these rods. And they would say, we don't ever want you coming back here again, Paul. Get out. We hate you. We don't want to hear your message. In fact, they hated him so much, you remember at one point, they took him out in a field and they threw rocks at him until they thought he was dead. Oh, there's Paul, he's waking up in the field, you know, a few hours later, covered with bruises, you know, probably blood all over his face, because like I said, they, they thought they killed him. And how does he get up again? How do you get up again when you're placed in those kinds of circumstances? When life becomes hard. Right when it, it seems like just sharing the gospel is taking everything that you have, and furthermore, people are just mocking you for it. In our text for today, we, we hear about how preaching the gospel can even separate families, right? How a, a daughter in law will be turned against her mother in law, well, how, how you know parents will be turned against their children. Uh, why does that happen? It's because when you have the truth, you, know, you need to share it, don't you? And there's other people out there, they don't want to hear the truth. They don't want it to be shared with them. The, the truth can be hard, right? And then about just an easy example from our text for today, the Bible says, you know, husband and wife, they're supposed to be married through their lifetime. They get a divorce and the one responsible is then committing adultery if they take another spouse. Right? We heard that in our text, didn't we? It was right there. It's real plain. But yet, you know, in our nation, right, we know that at least 50% of marriages end in divorce. Right, that means for for each and every one of us, about half the people we know, right, they've gone through divorce. And the scripture applies to them. Okay, so you go to, to half the people you know, and you want to tell them the truth about what the Bible has to say, and they don't want to hear it because that's the life that they're in, right? Just a a simple example, and it it shows us the reality, doesn't it? I don't want to hear about my own sin. I don't want to hear you telling me that I've fallen short. I don't want to know about it. And furthermore, if you keep running your mouth, 
You're going to get one of these. Right? That's, that's where we live, isn't it? And that's our world. The apostle Paul courageously went into that world. He went into those places where his job was, you know, grinding rust off the side of an RV. Well, yeah, figuratively speaking, right? He, he went into those places where, you know, his job was to sew torn tents together. He went into those places where his job was to repair, you know, ruined uh, fishing nets. And he was with those hardworking people. He was with the, those individuals that experienced the daily grind. And, and I, I don't know if you've been there, but maybe there's a time you had to take a job in a, a factory and, and you know what the daily grind is like. Maybe there's a span of time in, in your life when you know you, you were going to that, that paper mill and, and people didn't really have a, a lot of respect for you and you were the low person on the total pole. And he had, had to do that job to make ends meet. And, 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 you know, they call it the grind because it's not pleasant, right? And the, the grind, it, it maybe grinds some of the skin off your, your knuckles or, or, you know, off the palms of your hands, right? And, and it wasn't real enjoyable. And, and you weren't really liking it all that much. And Paul... What's there? Now, you ask Paul, you know, Paul, how can you do it? How can you work these menial jobs? How can you work in places where nobody even knows the Lord? How can you work with people that sacrifice their own children to false gods? How can you work with people who are into all kinds of immorality? How can you keep getting up day after day when the people try to kill you even? And go back one more time and tell them about Jesus. How can you do it? And I think that the answer, you know, most likely comes back, you know, because the people need to hear it, don't they? They need to hear about Jesus. We can perhaps imagine the Apostle Paul at the lowest point in his life, uh, you know, maybe in that field, he's getting up covered with bruises. The, the people had, had been saying nasty things to him, saying they even wanted to end his life. And then a rock hit him in the head and he was knocked out. And, and he comes back from that and he says, man, I want to retire. Right? The Lord, a nice little cabin in the woods, it would be so perfect. Come on. And we can imagine the, the voice of the Lord comes to Paul and says, you know, Paul, do, do these people need to hear about Jesus? And maybe he, he, he's even, you know, conflicted. And so he's shaking his head like this, but he's going, yeah. Right. Do they need to hear? Yeah. Yeah, they need to hear. 
Now, you know, certainly uh, Paul, he, he could have a, maybe a, a more arrogant response and, and he could say, you, you, you know what, I've been through all, all this training and I've been pretty successful. And, you know, people say I have a, a pretty good voice, you know, and, and I'm kind of, you know, skilled at this. I, I have built up some churches and I probably need to go, right? And keep doing the work. I mean, you know, we, we can imagine a, a person who's successful, they, they maybe would have that response, right? You know, I, I'm pretty good at what I do. I probably need to get back out there and keep doing it. Right? It could be that way. But uh, on the other hand, you know, it, it could be the, the opposite response. Maybe the, the response that, that you are, I might have is to say, you know, I'm just not good enough, right? I wake up in a field covered with bruises that the people hate me. I'm just not good enough. But what, what would that mean if that was our response? That it would mean we need to try to get better, doesn't it? Right? We, we, we need to try to, to grow. Right? We, we need to try to develop some skills. We, we, we need to try to, to reach other people more effectively. But dear friends, that, that advice is not just for the Apostle Paul you know, laying there at his moment of greatest defeat. And it, it's not just for, for you and I even, but it's for everybody, isn't it? You know, you, you have friends and neighbors, you have family members, and you know, perhaps you know, they, they, they say to you, I, I, I just can't talk to other people about Jesus. Maybe there are members of your family that are, are so shy that, that they, they just, I, I can't even talk to people. Right? They can talk to you, of course, because they've known you for 30 years. But maybe they, they, can't, they can't talk to other people. And, and so where, where do we go? Well, we, we need to meet people where they are, don't we? Okay, what, what, what are you going to do this week? Well, you know, maybe, you know, you can have a, a five minute conversation with somebody that you don't really know that well. Maybe for this week, that can be, you know, your assignment. And so we, we meet people where they are. Okay. And then may, maybe next week you, you can have two conversations. Right. And then may, maybe next month with someone that you're really comfortable with, you, you can introduce, uh, you know, the name of Jesus into the conversation. It, it, you meet people where they are, and then you begin to take them, you know, forward to the place where Christ wants them to be. Because uh, again, why? Again, again, what is the purpose? Because people need Jesus, don't they? The Apostle Paul he, he also had uh, other uh, difficulties. In his life, we're told at one point, and some theologians believe perhaps, that he had a terrible eye infection. And so he would go into the communities, and, and you know, he, he's got the, this great voice, and, and you know, his mind is very sharp, and, and you know, he, he's able to really articulate his, his ideas. Uh, people are looking at him, and they're going, Ew. You know, what, what's that coming out of his eye? Isn't he supposed to be able to heal people? 
And yeah, he, he could. You know, Paul had healing gifts. And can you imagine that? If you could heal other people, but now you, you have an eye infection and, and you can't heal yourself? And Paul says, I went to the Lord three times. Three times I poured out my heart. Three times I said, Lord, please take care of this. Please give me healing. And the Lord's voice came back and he said, you know what? My strength is made known in your weakness. I want to hear that. Right? I'm Paul. I've established churches. I can lay my hands on people and they're healed. I don't want to hear about how God's strength is made perfect in my weakness. And I prayed three times. I've been there. I've been there where you believe God's promises and, and, and you know, you thought that you could you know, capture them in your heart and, and your mind and, and you could go to the Lord and you could pour out your heart and, and certainly after the things that we have accomplished, we should get a good answer. And maybe that voice came back to you. And the voice of the Lord said, hey, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Oh, maybe you had to get up from that one. Maybe you had to get up and try to get through your life after hearing God make that kind of a comment. Again, how can you do it? It's that idea of what people need, isn't it? They need Jesus, right? I, I need to tell them about Jesus. I need to be able to explain to them one more time that Jesus loves them so very much. And he does. When you think about it, you know, the, the triune God, you know, God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, they were up there in heaven. And the, the part of God that we know as the Father, he looked over at the, the part of God that we know as the Son and, and, and he said, you know what, these people are not making it. Nobody can be saved. Not one single person is going to be able to make it into heaven. You know, son, you need to go and help them. You need to go and open the way to heaven. You need to go and sacrifice yourself. And, and Jesus said, here am I, send me. And he was obedient as the son of God. And he came down from heaven. The Bible tells us through Jesus all things were made. And then he was born as a tiny little baby that couldn't even feed himself. The one who wielded ultimate power over all creation you know, couldn't even sustain himself. He had to be cared for by his mom. 
And that as he grew in years, he was misunderstood. At the age of 12, we're told, his parents took him to the temple. And then thinking that he was with other family members, they went a day's journey toward home. Only that night did they look around and say, well, where's Jesus? They went back to the city, we're told, and they searched for days trying to find Jesus in the vast city of Jerusalem. Where is he? We can't find him. Finally coming to the end of their rope, so to speak. They go to the temple. Maybe somebody in the temple can help us. And what do they find? There is Jesus sitting in the temple, instructing the priests, the rabbis. The age of 12. What do Mary and Joseph do? You need to come home, son. You can't be here. You, you have to leave. You have to come with us. Jesus, obedient to his parents, he, he goes home with them. But can you imagine if Jesus had begun his ministry at the age of 12 from the temple? What wonderful other narratives would we have in the scripture? But being obedient to his parents, right? He departs with them. Misunderstood even by his own parents. Right? Jesus has been there. He knows what it is to, to be mocked and ridiculed. He knows what it is to be betrayed. He knows what it is to, to work till he was so tired he slept through a storm on the open sea. Right? He knows what it is to be hungry. He knows, of course, what it is to be in great pain. The spikes driven through his hands and his feet. Suffering upon the cross until his heart was so constricted that it could not beat anymore. He's been there. No matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, he has experienced it. And he cares so much. He died upon the cross because of his love. You see, dear friends, we don't just have a God that's far away in the distance on his crystal throne that maybe kind of spies upon us once in a while, but we have a God who has lived life as we know it, who has experienced the pain that we have and has come through and opened the way for us to get home. We have a Jesus, our Savior, who cares so very much for each and every person. He says he desires for all to be saved, for everyone to come to the knowledge of him. Not just some, not just the good guys, not just people that, that kept his law for 10 years and proved themselves. He loves everybody. He wants everyone to come home. He wants everyone to enjoy God forever. Dear friends, that is the message. So when you're down, 
when your your friends and neighbors are are at the end of, of their ropes, when people come to you and, and they don't quite know how to go forward, tell them about Jesus. We need him. We need to share that message. We need to bring that hope once again. We need to be the ones who will answer to the call. The call of bringing our loved ones home. Amen. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.